blessed. Listen, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Uh, Alex, they do that to frighten the old man every uh, time I get up here. They stream that when we open the Bible. All right, Matthew 28, uh, 11 to 30. Um, uh, let me uh, read that passage to you, a very familiar couple of verses. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As I read that verse and have listened to it most of my life, wonderful words of Jesus, and they mean so much to us, but I have to tell you that oftentimes in my life, I don't have rest and my burdens aren't light. I read the passage, but I don't have rest and I don't have light burdens. I was uh, traveling in, uh, this, this week I was in France, and I was uh, walking and uh, as I was walking, I saw a sign that said, American cookies in France. I said, hey, I'm always in for a cookie. So uh, I divert immediately, stop whatever I'm doing. I go into place. Now, great place, great name. The only problem they had is they didn't sell cookies and they weren't American. That was the only problem. They were like bars or something and uh, nothing you'd ever seen in America. And then on top of that, I asked the girl behind the counter, hey, uh, what do you think? She says, well, I don't like cookies very much. That didn't really help us much. She didn't sell this thing. Look, she looked like she had the right thing. It said the right thing, but it wasn't what I thought it was. This is what happens a lot of times with our understanding of Scripture. We feel and expect a certain kind of rest or a certain uh, light burden that he, that he mentions here, and then we get somewhere caught between. We hear the sermons, we hear the songs, we hear the song, he, he answered me, he heard me, and he answered me, and we hear everybody singing, I trust him, we're thinking, but my leg still hurts, or my parents are still sick, or my, pro, I, I haven't seen my child come back to faith, I haven't seen these things, what, what is going on, where is the gap, uh, is it me, uh, what is it? And so I'm going to tell you, I think there's three things we do, three things we do, that may, as real Christians, as people love the Word of God and love uh, Him, may cause us to actually give ourselves more discomfort and put ourselves between the application of the promises of God and the receiving of the promises of God. So let's talk about those. Three ways I think we do this in Scripture. One, we minimize His mandates. We take hard things that the Bible says. We don't want to consider them. We don't want to talk about them. So we minimize his mandates. And in doing that, we lose out on some of the peace and some of the lighting, uh, lightning of burdens that we could have. Two, we maximize his promises. We take his promises beyond what is said in the word. And we expect certain things to be done, even though that isn't what he promised. Thirdly, we multiply his commands. We take his commands and we take simple commands and we add to them new definitions and new aspirations and add those to his commands. Any one of those three things can hurt our emotional relationship, our chance of having the peace of God. 
So let's look together and uh, start here at this problem of minimizing his mandates. Let's look at the verses he starts with. And when Jesus starts, Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, he gives a very exclusive call. Jesus says, he starts this. Before you get to the rest and the yoke is easy and the burden is light, he says, come to me. See, Jesus says there's only one way to him. But it's very unpopular. It's very hard for me, honestly. I don't want it to be. I uh, uh, talk to people from all different faiths. I have friends and family that don't believe what I believe. I, uh, they don't know the Bible. They don't know the Lord Jesus. So I would like it if all of us would just be uh, kind of a universalist type approach. That's the way we as humans can feel a lot of times. But in fact... The problem is when we're unable to realize what he requires of men, we may trouble our own souls. Let me explain to you what I mean. Matthew 10, 28, a chapter before this one, Jesus says this. He says, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. This is a mandate of God. It is not something you like to talk about. It's not something you think about. It's not something you enjoy. And why? Here is where the gap is. When we take God's word that he is just, uh, Hebrews 9, 27, it's point unto man wants to die and then the judgment. When we believe these things, it seems to be unsettling. And of course it is for us as humans. We're fellow sinners. It is uncomfortable for us. But here's what you may be missing. You and I, miss the whole point sometimes. When we uh, avoid the mandates of God, his I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the only way. You create in yourself an uneasiness that is very hard to solve. When you and I watch the news every night and you see the wars going on, you may think one side's better than the other, but there's no doubt that you're bothered by the injustice. There is no chance that anyone, any Christian or anybody else, is happy about seeing the loss and the injustice that goes on in our country and around the world. And yet, if I know and I believe that God is the one who is the only one I must worry about, the only one who is the ultimate judge, the only one I can depend on, then I bring to myself, to my perception of the world around me, a peace. Why? Because I know that the judge of all the earth shall do right, as Abraham said. So that when I see everything, there is actually great peace in his mandate because I realize that I don't need to focus on what is going on in the injustice in this world, but I can trust one because his mandate is clear that he is the sovereign, he is in charge of the world, he is the one who will rectify all wrongs. Amen? There is actually peace in believing this. Another way that you can hurt yourself in not believing and uh, minimizing his mandates is that we can actually have more trouble because we're trying to please all the people in our lives. One of the chronic problems with emotional health for human beings anywhere in the world is that we try to keep everybody happy. Do you know that comes because of minimizing his mandate? See, Jesus says very clearly in Matthew 10, 28, he says, don't fear anybody. Don't even fear those who will kill you. Don't fear when you hear the crime rates. Don't fear when you hear the, don't worry about those things. Why? He said, there's only one person who can destroy your soul and your body in hell, and you're right with me, so what are you worried about? You see, by minimizing his mandates, it sounds so good, but it creates in us an anxiety and an uncomfortableness in this world that is impossible to sustain. 
The second thing we do is we maximize his promises. And here's what I mean. Look, I don't love that statement, but we over-maximize his promise. Let's say, and what I mean is here where he says, twice he says in just these couple of verses, I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. Twice Jesus promises that. In modern culture, we'll take a, a, a phrase like this and, and, and there is some real false teaching or even some attempt at good teaching but is not at all true according to what God is saying here. I was uh, traveling and I went to a, a church uh, and I went to hear the pastor and I got up and the pastor started talking about rest. And uh, he really, what he was talking about was going to bed at night, getting enough sleep, uh, living a balanced life, I mean, all those things are nice things. I don't think there's any doubt that we shouldn't sleep at night and so on. However, this is nothing, nothing to do with this passage. Nothing. And then he had made a really foolish thing, and he said, use Jesus as the example of learning how to live your life in balance. Jesus is not the example of how to learn your life in balance. Have you ever read the Bible? Have you ever read what Jesus did while he was here? Jesus' point was not to teach you how to... Uh, prioritize things. Jesus deal, this was not 12 steps in leadership. That is not what he did for three years. What he did was evangelize the world and he slept very little and he worked very hard. Does that mean that's what everybody's supposed to do? No. You are not the savior of the world, but yet to stake from this that you and I are supposed to get rest would be a misunderstanding or even a misinterpretation of this truth. How about another one? Not just this passage, but what about do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. We like to stop there, and then there's a million sermons like this. You do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. There's kind of a fairness doctrine that seems reasonable. It seems like that's what everybody should listen to. However, when we say that, people like to say it about giving. They'll say, you give, and you get back. Let me tell you, let me break something to you. In this earth, if you give, you'll be poorer than you did if you wouldn't give. If you take $10, you give away two, you're going to have $8. There's nothing you're going to do different about that. He never said in the Bible that you're going to have $22 because you gave away two. That is not in here. And a matter of fact, that is a, a terrible misinterpretation. How about fairness? How about thinking, but this one's good and this one's bad, so the bad guy gets bad, right? And the good guy gets good. No. Not in this life. A matter of fact, I don't know if you got this part of the story, but Jesus suffered worse than Judas. This is not the story. The story is we're caught in now, and he's talking about then. Fairness here? No. Fairness there? Yes. Here's the truth of the scriptures. Listen to the rest of the verse. <clears throat> whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction, but whoever sows to please the spirit, where's he going to get this? From the spirit will reap eternal life. From the spirit will reap eternal life. Our problem is the concentration on the immediate. And brothers, I am really, really troubled when I am suffering. I am very troubled by the suffering of friends and family. I do not understand why God doesn't do the things that I think he should do. I don't understand why there's all this difficulty. But brothers and sisters, let's understand this clearly. We... 
learn from him that he is the judge of all the earth. He is the one who, who knows what is right and knows what he is doing. He often does things, and we've read about him story after story in the scriptures. You could walk this room between services and ask story after story of where God has taken a terrible thing and worked it into a good thing. There is now not just the stories in the Bible, but there is story after story 2,000 years later of God's faithfulness to people like Alex, who had no chance of uh, meeting these, uh, of getting his burdens light, no chance of meeting the rest that God wanted to offer him, except through the, mer- the, the, the mercy of a wonderful God. Brothers and sisters, we can catch ourselves by um, multiplying or by uh, maximizing his promises beyond what the promises originally said. Let's start with the third one. I'm sorry, I finished the third one. It says we multiply his commands. What I mean here is we take commands that he gives us that are very clear and then we add to them and they make them say something more than they say. So here's the last one. Jesus says in the same passage, learn from me. Learn from me. Jesus is giving us a great way to peace. A great way to peace. And that is the more we learn of Jesus the more you will experience the spiritual rest and the spiritual lightening of burdens. He is um, the one who brings us um, wonder. He brings to you a new love. He brings to you a, a power that you've not experienced all as you learn of Jesus. The more you learn of Jesus, the more you will see these things multiply. However... Sometimes we'll hear that learn of me becomes much more complicated. And what happens is there's either two sides. There's one side of Christendom who don't spend any time learning anything about Jesus. And they're complaining because they're unhappy and they're, and, they're, and they're anxious and they're feeling. And then you have the other side who uh, are in the word of God every day. And they're feeling anxious and all because they're not in the word enough. So you have both sides of this spectrum. And often both of them end up all worked up and in the counselor's office. Here's what happens. We take the, listen, we take the command he gave us, learn of me, and either we ignore it, which is a foolish thing to do because we're missing the rest and all that he wants to give us, or we worry about what, we're, what we've added on to that. And here's what I mean. Um, we tell uh, young parents, um, you should, uh, for your marriage, you should have devotions together. For your children, uh, you should have devotions for family. And then you should have your personal devotions as well. Well, that's three devotions every day. And uh, I just want you to know that I couldn't accomplish it when I was raising my kids. I couldn't do all three. As a matter of fact, what we did was I uh, interpreted this scripture, learned from me, but I didn't add these three things. I said in my life, what I want to do is learn from Jesus. Now, if you're a husband who is now elbowing your wife because she's been telling you to have Bible study with the kids and you think I'm giving you an excuse, you have lost your mind. I am doing just the opposite. Of course you want to disciple your children. Of course you want to teach them the stories of Jesus. Of course you want to do this. I'm just saying that you may not be able to in this phase of your life do exactly those three things every single day. That may play out different ways, but stick to the command. Learn from me. If you're not learning more about Jesus, if you're not reaching more for Christ, it's going to come out all different ways. It's going to be uh, executed in your life all different ways. 
what you want to understand and where the peace you will find is when you realize that this is a step-by-step, as Nate talked about last week, growing closer to the Lord Jesus, learning his word, learning more of him, and it is in his uh, spirit, it is at his feet that you will experience the rest, the lightning of burdens. If you figure out this, this may be a valuable thing for you to do, is you write down the commands of Christ on one side of the paper, and then you write down the goals you have. You might say, commands of Christ, learn of me. Goals I have, read through the Bible. But when you cross the two, then you're living in wretched sin because you skipped a passage that day in your Bible reading plan. You see what I mean? You can create, we can create for ourselves un, undue stress when in fact God's goals for us are quite clear. Brothers and sisters, some of you are going to learn of him through sermons on the radio. Some of you are going to learn of him uh, uh, by meditating and memorizing scripture. All of us will be doing these things. But in different ways, we will receive the truth. But the key is that we're learning of Jesus. I want to close with this idea. Learn of me. <clears throat> he, he, the Lord Jesus, he said, learn of me. Here's a beauty. He didn't want, there was not one thing you can learn of Jesus that is not sweeter. It doesn't make him look better. If you get to know me, I'm okay at a distance. Once you get to know me, then you live with me, then you think, and there's a little bit of disappointment there. Same way with everybody. You hope that it's going to be better, better, but with humans, it just doesn't work that way. But with the Lord Jesus, he says, learn of me, and it's like folks in the camera, and the closer you get, and the more you learn, and the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more wonderful he is. See his mandates. See his promises and his commands and let them bring rest to your soul. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray, Lord Jesus, for the rest you offer. I pray for the supernatural spiritual rest that you offer us here. Lord, that we no longer have to work to please a God who is unjust, a God who requires of us certain duties in order to achieve your mercy. But instead, Lord Jesus, you came and you said, come to me, all you that are tired, heavy laden, heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus, may my brothers and sisters here at City Light Church, and may my brothers and sisters throughout Uganda, may the ones who don't know you yet, Lord Jesus, may they learn to experience this wonderful joy it is, knowing the rest at your feet and the lightning of our burdens in this life. Take a minute between you and the Lord Jesus. It may be that you want to reflect and just think through. Think through where you're feeling pressure. Have you maybe minimized his mandates? Have you maybe minimized that and, and been so hesitant to admit that God is the total ruler of heaven and earth? And maybe you're feeling undue consternation about all the injustice in the world and you're, you're not holding it with Jesus. You're holding on to it yourself. That'll cause you discomfort. That'll cause you lack of peace. Or maybe you're taking his promises and you're uh, adding to those promises. Maybe somebody said your child is going to get better this year or your, your friend is going to return to Christ or whatever. Fill in the blank. This is the year you're going to get married and a year has passed and you're not married. Or you're supposed to have a child and some prophet, somebody said, well, for those who walk Christ, walk with God, they have big families. They have all these things solved. You've added to the promises of God. And you've missed out on the peace that is available because in all those crises is where Christ shines. It is in the difficulties 
that our faith is played out. That is the beauty of what Jesus was saying here. He wants to bring rest even in trouble. And then the third one, maybe you have taken the, the simple commands that Jesus has given us, the clear commands he's given us. Meditate on the word day and night. And you've taken it into all these extra things that you're worried about not doing. In the middle of raising kids and struggling through regular life, you're just not finding this rest, this lightning of burdens. Would you bring those to Jesus' feet now? Just talk to the Lord Jesus, wherever you're at. Lord Jesus, may the word of God do its work in our hearts today and this week as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys stand with us and sing?